Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, I'll be discussing my NHL predictions. I know I'm a few days late here, but as I said, I'm going to be a little busy this week. We had a wedding, but at the beginning of the week, last episode, I believe that was Tuesday, I said, believe me, I'm not going to change my predictions because a team maybe starts out 0-2 when I don't go into the championship, or a team you know starts out 2-0, like, you know, it's whatever. I don't think it plays a huge factor. I haven't really, I've been super busy, so I haven't really been able to pay attention to the beginning of the hockey season much. And then after I get to my NHL predictions, I am going to be discussing the NCAA, this uh, pay-to-play act that California, the, the state of California has passed a bill on this act called the Pay-to-Play Act. So that's going to be... Uh, what's it called? Past. It's going to be in full effect January 1st, 2023. I want to discuss that. What does it mean for the NCAA? What are my thoughts on it? But first, I'm going to start with my uh, NHL predictions, so let's get to that. All right, so again, I know I'm a little late with these predictions, but every team's only played either a game or two games. Not a big deal. So again, a little late, but it's not a big deal. So I'm going to start with my Atlantic Division predictions. Then I'm going to go over to the Metropolitan Division. Then after that, I'm going to go through my uh, predictions for the Eastern Conference all the way up to the Eastern Conference Finals. Then I'm going to go over to my Central Division predictions, my then my Pacific Division predictions. Then I'm going to go over the Western Conference, my Western Conference playoff predictions. And then to, uh, my Stanley Cup Final predictions to wrap up this segment, uh, or my predictions, whichever you want, whichever you prefer. So I'm starting with the Atlantic Division in first place in not only the Atlantic Division, but in the Eastern Conference, I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought this was pretty easy. Now, it's hockey. Anything can happen. I mean, this isn't like the NBA, which is still tough to predict. I mean, and I wouldn't say this is like an easy thing to predict, but most people have the Lightning. And I know I picked the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. They didn't even win a game in the playoffs, but... The Lightning are at least going to be very good in the regular season. They have so much talent. They've got Nikita Kucherov. He's probably the best player in hockey. I wouldn't say undebatably, but he's probably the best player in hockey. And the Lightning just have talent all across the board. They are crazy good. Like, they are really good. They just need to pull together in the playoffs. But they already got off to a 2-0 starting and doesn't play a big factor, but that just kind of goes to prove, yes, they're still here. Uh, but no, the Lightning, I mean, they, they just got talent across the board. I think everyone's picking them to win not only the division, but the Eastern Conference. Then in second place, I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs, not only getting second place in the Atlantic Division, but second seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, Bruins, Maple Leafs, that's a tough one. And a lot of people are picking the Bruins. I'm a Bruins fan. I'm not picking them. I'll get to that in a minute. But I think the Maple Leafs have got a solid team this year. They've also got off to a 2-0 start. I think they got a little better than they did last season. Overall, they've got a pretty young team. They've got some young guys that are going to continue to get better. They're a very speedy team. Uh, They've got talent, and I think the Maple Leafs can really make some noise this year. Then in third place, I've got the Bruins. I've got a fourth in the Eastern Conference as well. I think, I don't want to say this too too hard, but I think the Bruins are going to have a similar year to what the Celtics and Red Sox experienced, just not as bad, where they have high expectations coming off a 
championship year, a year where they did really good. You know, they, they were one game away from the Stanley Cup. The Celtics, they overachieved big time, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Red Sox go to the championship. Then both fell short, fell way short of expectations. I don't think the Bruins will fall way short of expectations. I just think they'll have a disappointing year. But with that being said, I mean, third in their division that contains the Lightning and the Maple Leafs and fourth in the conference isn't too bad. I don't think they'll have a bad year to the Red Sox or the Celtics extent, but I do think they'll have a bit of a disappointing season. I think that's what I've just come to expect now, which is just sad. Then in fourth place, I've got the Panthers in seventh place. Uh, the big addition for them was Sergi Bobrovsky, and I think that's really going to pay dividends. He's one of the best goaltenders in hockey. Uh, he, you saw what he did with Columbus. There's few ways to beat him. He's really, really good. I like Bobrovsky a lot, and I think he's a big addition for the Panthers. Now, the Panthers are one of those teams that it's kind of like, oh, picking Florida to go to the playoffs, but... I don't know what else to say. They, they with Sergey Bobrovsky, I think they're going to be a lot better now. They did; good. they're off to a zero one start. I'm not going to keep saying what I'll, what start they're off to, but so what? They lost one game. I think the Panthers, and then I've got the Canadians in fifth, and they're going to come in eighth place in the conference. I think between those two, they're almost interchangeable. But I, you know, Carey Price, Sergey Bobrovsky, two very good goalies. It's tough not to go with the Canadians, but I mean the Panthers weren't awful last year. They were close to the playoffs last year. So I think this year they get Sergi Bobrovsky and they're going to break through. They're going to break the wall and make the playoffs. And then in fifth place, I've got the Canadians in eighth. Coming in eighth in the division. Uh, no, fifth in the division, eighth in the conference. Then in sixth, I'm going to go with the Sabres here. I've got the Red Wings in seventh and the Senators in eighth. I think those two are pretty easy, so it kind of just leaves the Sabres at sixth. I had a, a little higher expectations for the Sabres last season. But they, they didn't really hit him. And, you know, you got guys like Jack Eichel. Like, I'm kind of waiting for some of that young talent to really start generating wins. And it just hasn't happened. So, sixth place for the Sabres. Then, again, seventh for the Red Wings. Eight for the Senators. Then we move over to the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the, the, again, the Atlantic Division is pretty easy to predict. Okay, everyone's got the Lightning in first. Then, the, big, the most controversial one has to be Maple Leafs and Bruins. Those ones are tough. And then I guess the Panthers and Canadians. It's it's a pretty easy division to predict. Then, again, the (laughs) Metropolitan Division. I'm going to go in first place, the Washington Capitals. And they'll grab the third seed in the Eastern Conference. The Capitals are one of those. uh, They won the Stanley Cup, not last season, but the season before that. Last season, they lose in the first round. So it's kind of a tough read, but they've still got talent. Like, I think Alex Ovechkin's definitely got a lot in the tank. He's at least the top five player in this league still. And they, they've overall, you know, Braden Holtby's a great goaltender. I still think the Capitals have enough talent to win their division and get a pretty high seed in the playoffs. Then in second in their division, in fifth place, I'm going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes beat the Capitals last year in the first round and advanced all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, that's a team with a very small payroll, and they make the most out of it. And I I don't really want to put the Hurricanes this high, but I gotta. I gotta show them respect. I mean, they're like the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, I think, are a bit better of a... They're like the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a team with a very small payroll, not a big fan base, that still is able to make noise and make the playoffs. The Athletics aren't a bad one either, but I believe the Athletics 
have a little higher payroll and they have more fans. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. So I'd say they're kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays. But you just got to have respect for them, what they've done with such a small payroll and what they turned it into an Eastern Conference appearance last year. But overall, I'm not a huge fan of the Hurricanes, but I'll give them a fifth in their conference, second in the division. Then in third, I've got the Penguins coming in sixth place in the conference and then obviously third in their division. I think the Penguins, you know, Sidney Crosby still a very good player. Mal- Malkin may be regressing, but he's at least still a top 35 player in the NHL. Matt Murray, I know, you know, it's looking like they should have chose Marc-Andre Fleury over Matt Murray when the expansion team came out, but they didn't. They may regret it. Long-term, it may be the better decision to go with the younger guy, Matt Murray, but the Penguins are a tough team to rank. They just got swept out of the playoffs. It feels like they're starting to regress, right? I mean, that's kind of the vibes I get with the Penguins, a team that still has some talent, Mostly older talent, but they just got swept out of the playoffs. Sidney Crosby isn't getting any younger. Neither is Evgeny Malkin. It feels like they're starting to get older, starting to regress. I think the years of this Penguins, I wouldn't say dynasty, but the Sidney Crosby era is starting to come to an end. It really is. It's only got a few years left in the tank, a couple years even. Uh, and then in fourth, I've got the – this is where it actually gets hard. This division was hard to rank on what team's going to come in last. I'm going to go – Rangers 4, Flyers 5, Devils 6, Blue Jackets 7th, Islanders 8th. The Islanders made it to the second round of the playoffs last year, and I'm putting them in last place in the division. They'll probably end up being the best last place team in the league, I think. But I think they overachieved last year, and they're going to just be one of those weird regress uh, regressions. 7th place Blue Jackets, they lose Duchesne, they lose Bobrovsky. They lose the whole lot of them, so I think they're going to get worse. I don't see them making the playoffs, but I don't know about last place. They definitely could come in last place. I just don't know if they will. Right now they're in last place, but they played one game, okay? They lost 4-1. to one. Devils in sixth. Uh, they did add P.K. Subban, Subban, however you say it. But overall, I don't know how much the Devils – I don't know if the Devils really can make a playoff push. Then I've got the Flyers in fifth, Rangers in fourth. The Rangers, horrible last year. Bottom three team in the league. Make a jump up to fourth place. I could see it happening. They got a lot better. Jacob Truba. They got uh, Capo Gecko. Guy's a weird name. Uh, And they just made additions all over the board, especially on the blue line defensively. Uh, They got much better. I think the Rangers in fourth may be a bit too high, but I, I, I don't know. Between four and eight, it's really tough. Like, I could see the Rangers still coming in. I'd be a bit shocked. Not shocked. I'd just be a bit surprised. But I could still see the Rangers coming in last place in their division. But it, that's it's a tough one to rank, really. It is. It's a tough division to rank. I think most people got the caps in first. But it is. It gets tough. Like, I could see even the Penguins coming in last. I That would really surprise me. But it's, but it's possible. Then we go over to the playoffs on my Eastern Conference playoff predictions. In first round, I've got Canadians versus Lightning. I'm going to go Lightning 4-2 here. I think they redeem themselves. The Canadians have some experience on their roster, and overall, I think the Lightning's just got some playoff problems, but I think they'll collect themselves and win in six. Then, Capitals versus Panthers. I'm going to go Capitals here 4-1. to one. I think Bobrovsky or Mike Steele in game, or the Capitals may just choke one game. 
for the Panthers, but the Panthers just have no experience. And the Capitals may, you know, besides their Stanley Cup year, may be known as chokers uh, in the playoffs. But I think, you know, them winning the Stanley Cup at least somewhat erased them. But I get uneasy when I think about the Capitals in the playoffs. But the Panthers in the playoffs, forget it. It's just not it's just not going to happen. Like, the Panthers playoff, I mean, it w- will happen. But lest them really making some noise, I just don't see it. Bruins versus Maple Leafs. I'm going to go Maple Leafs here 4-2. to two. I said disappointing season for the Bruins. I am harsh on my team, though, in predictions. Like, besides the pa- – the Patriots are one that's just like, oh, God, you know, how can I bet against them? What? what well, how do you feel betting against your own team and seeing them win the whole thing? Like, the Patriots are just too tough to bet against. But in these ones that it's just like there's no real clear-cut winner. The Bruins aren't, like, the clear-cut favorite – I'm just not going to pick them. I think they're going to be a bit disappointing this year. I've got the Maple Leafs winning this one 4-2. Get redemption off of last season. Then Penguins versus Hurricanes. I'm going to go to the Hurricanes here 4-3. Penguins didn't really show up last year. The Hurricanes did. I'll give the Hurricanes the edge here. Second round, Maple Leafs versus Lightning. I've got the Maple Leafs winning this series 4-1. Again, I think the Lightning will be a little better this season in the playoffs. They're a little more weathered overall as a group, but... Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs get the best of them. Start to really go on a roll here. Hurricanes versus Capitals. I'm gonna go Capitals four to two this time. I think the Hurricane Capitals get their revenge, just like the Maple Leafs got their revenge on the Bruins, which makes Maple Leafs Capitals our Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm gonna go Maple Leafs here four to three. Uh, again, I'm just not a believer in the Capitals and playoffs, but I am going to the Eastern Conference Finals, nearly making the Stanley Cup Finals. So that means my Eastern Conference. Winner is the Toronto Maple Leafs. That means I have the Maple Leafs representing the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals. You have to find out who their competitor is. It's it's pretty shocking. So if you're just like, oh, I'm here for the Eastern Conference, I'd stay tuned because my uh, Western Conference winner is is it's a shock. Some people may not even I'm going to the playoffs. People forget about them. They've started off the season 0-1. I'll give you that hint. Uh, Central Division here. I have a first place, not only in their division, but in their conference. The team I hated, the team I gave the least shot of winning the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Now is uh, winners of the Western Conference, the Colorado Avalanche. They just got a really, really young team full of some great players. Like Nathan McKinnon, for example. He's the star of the show out in Colorado. But I think they're just going to keep getting younger. They're going to keep getting better. I think they're going to be a very exciting team to watch. And I think they're going to take over the Western Conference for the time being. Then in second place, I've got the Dallas Stars. Bit of a shocker. I've also got them coming fourth in the uh, conference, in case you were wondering. But I know some people may be like, mm, the Stars may be just a little high. But They've, they're an underrated team just all over the board. They're just an underrated team. They made it to the second round last year, the playoffs. They did five or six games over the Predators. I think the Stars can make a little noise this season, maybe a little more than a little noise. Now you'll have to find out where I'm going in the playoffs. And in third, I've got the Predators coming in fifth in the conference. Them and the Stars will be a battle for second place, but the Stars will come out. I think the Predators, people overrate the Predators a little but at the same time, the Predators could be a team that comes in first place, and they may come in seventh. I could, I can't see them missing the playoffs, or even coming in eighth, uh, really last place in the conference. I, yeah, I think they'll be a solid team. They've got off to a one and zero start so far, but I think I, I don't know. The Predators to me, some people overrate them a little, but they could, they could definitely even come in first place. I wouldn't even be surprised. But I'm gonna go fifth here. 
Then in fourth, I've got the Blues coming in seventh place in the conference. The Blues overall will just have, like, that good season. Like, they'll be basking in their glory. And they'll just have, like, a all-around, like, steady season. Like, they won't blow you away with anything. People will start to get over it and just look at the Blues as kind of just an average team in hockey. That, you know, know, they're just like a nice little exciting, good story, feel-good team that sneaks into the playoffs once again. I got to give them respect for what they did last season, going from last to, you know, worst to best from January. You know, span a few months. I'm going to give them respect and put them in the playoffs here. Then fifth, I've got the Jets. Then sixth, I've got the Blackhawks. And seventh, I've got the Wild. I think most people have the Wild coming last in this division. Then I move over to the Pacific Division. First place, Golden Knights. They'll grab the second seed in the Western Conference. Third, uh, Second in the division, third in the conference, I've got the San Jose Sharks. If you ask me, though, I'm not as big of a believer in the Sharks as many people are. They lost their captain. They've got off to an 0-2 start. I think tells just a slight story. Again, nothing big. But that's been one of the bigger headlines. Them starting out 0-2. They've let up nine goals, only scored two. They lose their captain. I think it's going to hurt them come playoff time. I think it's going to kind of affect the way they play. I don't think the Sharks will be as good as some people expect this season. But they're still coming third, okay? Sixth place in the conference, third in this division, I've got the Arizona Coyotes. I know, that's interesting. But they're a young team. They've made some additions like Phil Kessel. And I think they're going to slide into the playoffs. A little bit of a sleeper team there in Arizona that has about 10 fans. Like that, you know, we talk about Florida Panthers not having a lot of fans. I mean, the Coyotes might be the Rays of the NHL, except they're just not. I don't know. Then in fourth in this division and squeaking into the playoffs, I've got the Calgary Flames. They were very disappointing in the playoffs last season. What they losing? They got swept by the Avalanche in the first round. The Flames, to me, I think they're just a team that they've got some talent. They can make some noise. They've got potential, but they're going to have a disappointing season and barely slide into the playoffs. Then in fifth place, I've got Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Sixth place, I've got the Vancouver Canucks. Seventh place, I've got the Anaheim Ducks. Eighth place, I've got the... Kings. I think most people have the Kings in last place, just like they had the Senators in last place in their division. Then I move over to the playoffs. First round, Flames versus Avalanche. I'm going to go Avalanche 4-0 here. Back-to-back sweeps for the Avalanche over the Calgary Flames. Back-to-back years with the sweep. Starting to really start a rivalry there that the Avalanche are starting to own. The Avalanche just basically own the Calgary Flames at this point. Blues versus Golden Knights. I'm going to go Blues 4-3 here. I forget why I made this prediction. I forget why I chose the Blues to beat out the Golden Knights here. But I think it's just going to be a really well-fought series that you're just, as an NHL fan, you're just like, I like both these teams. I respect both these teams. They both played a good series. And, like, the Golden Knights will come in second place in the division I mean, first place in the division, second place in the conference. And you're just going to have a lot of respect for the Golden Knights, and they're going to play a really good series, and so are the Blues. It's going to be a really well-fought series. And at the end of the day, the Golden Knights are going to lose, and they're not going to take it like a moral victory, but you're going to be sitting there as a Golden Knights fan and be like, I'm disappointed, but I'm not at the same time because they played pretty well. There are things where we got to clean up, though, because if you lose, you lost for a reason, right? You didn't play perfect to lose. 
Coyotes versus Sharks. I'm going to go Sharks 4-1 to here. Again, I do think them losing their captain will hurt, but the Coyotes are just not a very experienced team at all. And I know the Sharks did lose their captain, but the Sharks have been able to make noise in the playoffs, so I'm going to go with the Sharks here. Predators versus Stars. I'm going to go Stars 4-0 here. Uh, You know, we talked about the Eastern Conference being a conference of revenge. This is not at all. All these teams are just continuing to dominate the other teams that they dominated before. Stars continue to dominate the Predators. Second round, Blues versus Avalanche. I'm going to go Avalanche 4-2 here. The Blues feel-good story kind of comes to an end. They They win the first round. They win the Stanley Cup the year before. Unfortunately, it comes to an end to a young powerhouse in the Avalanche, but we all give a little uh, golf clap, a round of applause to the St. Louis Blues. Stars versus Sharks. I'm going to go Stars 4-1 here. We've got the Stars going to the Western Conference Finals, which means Stars versus Avalanche. So you're kind of sitting there saying, all right, Aiden, you said this team is underrated. Some people may not have them going to the playoffs. So probably the Stars. You're right. I've got the Stars winning the series 4-1. to one. The Avalanche uh, walk into this series on a roll. So do the Stars. The Stars are the underdogs coming into the series. The Avalanche are not. The Avalanche are the favorites. The Stars kind of just squeak, you know, come in, win, win, win. They kind of take over a young team. The spotlight gets just a little too bright. Dallas Stars come in with a good game plan, win this series. My Stanley Cup Finals is Maple Leafs versus Stars. Stars versus Maple Leafs, excuse me. I'm going to go with the Maple Leafs here, 4-3. to three. Maple Leafs taking home the Stanley Cup Finals. I think 4-3 to three is a little too much. I'm going to go 4. Uh, it, says, uh, it says last edit nine days ago. So I haven't I haven't done this in nine days, but I'm thinking I'm gonna go four to two here, Maple Leafs. I'm gonna go four to two Maple Leafs. The Stars have a great playoff run, come out of nowhere, but it's not enough to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. John Tavares comes home and wins a championship for his hometown team. That'll be a great story. I think the Maple Leafs, I don't know if I am fully confident in this because anything could happen in the NHL playoffs, but I've got the Maple Leafs going all the way to take home the cup. So you guys can call in. What are your thoughts on my predictions? What are your predictions? Who have you got going all the way? Call in on the Anchor mobile app. Anything is on the table, not only the NHL predictions or whatnot. But now I'm going to get to this pay-to-play act in the NCAA. What are my thoughts on it? What is it all about? I'm going to inform you guys right about now. So, in case you don't know what the Fair Pay-to-Play Act is, a California lawmaker introduced an act that allows college athletes to be paid for their image, name, and likeness. I always say likeliness. For their likeness. So, basically, what happens is, since the NCAA doesn't pay its athletes, student-athletes, not directly anyways, I'm going to get to that in a minute, The California, California is passing this rule called the Fair Pay to Play Act, which again allows players to be paid off their image, name, and likeness. So it's not, it doesn't really cost California a dime. It's just them saying, come to our college and you'll be paid. Well, it, it technically does. Now I take that back. It doesn't call. I don't, wouldn't say it cost California's uh, not government, but you know, mayor or you know, whatever. I'm not that good at you know civics and whatnot. 
California's government, I guess we can say that, they're kind of government, I guess you could say. It doesn't really cost them anything. It just costs the colleges. You know, you can't take in all this money. You've got to give a little bit back to the players. Actually, is that true? No, it isn't. Scratch what I just said. Because if they're making money off their image, name, I never really thought of this part of it. Their image, name, and likeness, that's just them making money off basically endorsements. It doesn't cost California anything. It's a very smart move by California as well. Because they're basically just sitting there and saying, this is just going to get better student athletes to come to our colleges. Because if they come here, that you know, other states can't offer this to you. Uh, other states are going to go in these footsteps, but student athletes are sitting there and saying, why, well, you know, my original option would be, let's just say, Illinois. But now that California has this rule, maybe I'll just go there. Now I can make some money. You know, and I get it, scholarships, right? I get, you know, the whole scholarship thing. Let's say you have a scholarship to Illinois or California that, you know, if you don't have a... um scholarship to a California college, which you would Illinois, you'll probably go to Illinois. But for California, they're kind of just sitting there and saying, now we kind of got the upper hand. We will at least. But again, other states may pass this act, law, whatever you want to say, this bill. But not every state will. So this is going to give California an upper hand. So I'm kind of sitting here thinking about it. What would, What is the NCAA going to do about this? Because this is going to put them some pressure. Now, I want to keep talking about what this means for states like California and whatnot. I don't know what else to say about it, but really, it just it just helps them out. They're just sitting there saying, come to us and we will allow you to make money off endorsements. That's basically what, when they say, make money off, to be paid for their use of their image, name, and likeness. All right, let me read this again. That would allow the state's college athletes to be paid for their use, for the use of their image, name, and likeness. Maybe I misinterpreted that. Maybe it's a mix of endorsements and those colleges. You know, if they're you know jerseys sold a thousand times, they get five percent of that or something. You know, something or two percent. I don't know. Just throwing out. I'm not an expert on this, and I know I don't talk about the NCAA a lot. I'm more like watching it. I March Madness, I was all over. I was all over March Madness. That's the big NCAA uh, event. I think NCAA makes like 90 or 85% of its revenue off March Madness, which is crazy. But, I, I mean, I was all over that, but I didn't really don't really talk about the NCAA a lot. But I like it enough, and I found this big enough topic, so I wanted to talk about it. But I need to understand it a little more. Maybe I misinterpreted that. But anyway, there are multiple other states that are going to follow up. Uh, for example, Florida, South Carolina, and New York. Now, not all of them are going to pass the same exact bill South Carolina did. Uh, there's New York, who plans to pass the same exact bill as California, but they're also adding a rule where they will take 15% of the reve revenue from athletic ticket sales and then divide them that 50 15% among the student-athletes. I don't know, you know, what student-athlete will get more than another? Will it be even? I don't know the full details, but that's what I heard. Same bill as California, but then they'll take 15% of the revenue athletic ticket sales Revenue from the athletic 
ticket sales and divide that 15% among the student-athletes. Then there are states like Nevada that plan to pass the same bill as California. Then there are states like South Carolina that plan on only passing the bill for football and men's college and women's basketball. In um, South Carolina, those are kind of the bigger things for them. Football, their football team's okay. Their women's basketball team's very good. Their men's basketball team's March Madness worthy. Those are their big sports. So they're kind of sitting there like, oh, South Carolina's volleyball team. I don't know. Just for example, or their golf. I don't know. Something like that. They're just sitting there saying, well, you guys aren't good enough. We'll give it to our good teams. That's essentially what they're saying. We'll pass this bill for our big teams that give us most of our revenue. Fair. That's totally fair. We all know how corrupt the NCAA is. I think people tend to overrate how corrupt the NCAA is, but that's besides the point. There's no denying the NCAA is a very corrupt organization. We have to also remember this. The NCAA does donate 96% of its annual $1 billion revenue to colleges, which helps pay for more scholarships and it creates a, a better program by giving these colleges more flexibility to get a better staff, better equipment, and up-to-date technology. Again, I think people tend to overhate on the NCAA a little bit, but they're very corrupt. There's no doubting that. And I am not backing up the NCAA here. I'm not standing up for them. But I just do think I want to throw that stuff out. They're overhated a little bit in that sense. People hate that they don't pay the players. More, you know, when you're a fan, a lot of these people that speak up are former players. There's bias there. So what are you who are you going to listen to? If you're sitting there and you're an NCAA fan, are you going to listen to some, you know, NCAA official that you've never heard of? Or are you going to listen to your favorite all-time player? Every big-time NCAA, almost every big-time NCAA athlete that is still alive has spoken on this matter. Would you rather listen to your favorite all-time college athlete? Or would you rather listen to some nerdy, you know, guy that's just sitting in a business suit that you don't know. Obviously, you're going to listen to that guy you idolize. I think there's bias here in the pay to players. Everyone thinks they should pay the players. You forget they're paying, or they're already donating 96% of their annual $1 billion revenue to colleges, which help pay for more of these scholarships. I'm not saying I'm on board for not paying the players. I'm just saying there is bias there. And people tend to overlook the facts a little bit. There's no doubt the NCAA is corrupt. And maybe that 96% is a stretch. Maybe that isn't the exact number. Maybe that's just what they say. I don't know. That's what I've heard. I'm not an expert on this. But from what I've heard, I think people, there's bias here. I think there is. But with that being said, the NCAA is under a lot of pressure here. States are starting to pass these bills that say, yeah, you can make money off your name, image, and likeness. And states like New York are taking that one step further and saying, well, we'll give you a little more for our athletic ticket sales. This is putting the NCAA in a corner. There's a riot against them. At least 75% of the NCAA, you know, fans believe the payers should be players should be paid. Maybe even bump that up to 80%. 80% of the fans of the NCAA believe the payers should be uh, the payers should be played. The players should be paid. And now States are passing bills that will be effective by January 1st, 2023. Today is October 5th, 2019. The NCAA has got about 
three and a half years, you know, three and a, you know, a few months. I'll give it three in four months, basically, to really act on this. And they've got to act soon. They've got to strike back. They've got to do something. Or they've got to say, you know what, we're pa- planning on passing a bill that'll allow pa- you know, them to pay the players. Now, I do say this from this standpoint. Maybe these states passing these bills will just make, give NCAA a better excuse to just say, now the player, players are getting even more money. The scholarships, now they're able to make some money off their name, image, and likeness. There's no need to pay them. Well, there is. Because not all these players... Some of these players won't make much off their name. You know, maybe... Oh, here's 250 for the year. Even if you have a scholarship, it's still tough. I know that. I mean, it's much easier if you have a scholarship that can pay for, you know, tuition and books or whatever. But... It still doesn't make it easy. It's you know, scholarship just covers the cost. It's not covering the costs and giving you enough to go buy a house and a car. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So I think there would still be a need to you know pay pay. There could still be a, a debate to try to pay these players. But a lot of people are really rioting on this, and states are now kind of rallying behind the fans and passing these bills. I mean, the NCAA is in a corner right now. It doesn't have many people supporting them. It's it's like uh, it's an army of one thousand up against one hundred. It is they are outnumbered. But at the same time, the NCA holds the power. A lot of people are sitting here and saying, "Yeah, it's it's a thousand against one hundred, but that one hundred holds all the power." It just it's a it's a matter for the NCA is when is the pressure going to get to them enough that they're going to crack and pass a bill that that makes them pay the players and. Because the NCAA doesn't want to pay the players. They don't want to do that. Why would they? Why would they sit there and say, well, you know, why not? Let's just go pay the players. They say it's all about the players. Their whole organization is centered around these student-athletes. But they still don't want to pay them. They are in a way. 96% is going to these colleges to pay for these scholarships. That's how colleges afford so many. But again... The NCAA is in a corner. They hold all the power, but they're outnumbered. When is the pressure going to get to the NCAA and force them to pass a bill, something, not even a bill, just get them to pay the players? I'm not saying, I'm really, I'm not for or against it. I'm neutral. Listen to me because I am neutral. Listen, I don't know as much as some of these other people do because the NCAA isn't isn't my mojo like it is maybe NBA or NFL, just for example. The NCAA isn't my main sport. I don't know every little thing about the NCAA. But from the facts that I've gathered and the opinion I'm formed, it's neutral. I'm kind of neutral here. I kind of see the perspective of both sides, and that's what I want to do as a analyst. I want to be able to see this, you know, both sides of the story and not show too much bias. That's all I've got to say on this uh, matter. You can call in again, Anchor Mobile app, with any questions. Also, go follow me on Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces for uh, podcast updates and cool sports content. So, that's all I've got for you guys today. A bit of a shorter episode today, but I covered what I wanted to. I'm still striving for three episodes a week. This week was just tough. I had a wedding uh, yesterday, it was really fun. It was uh, my uncle, the one that came on. 
this was probably back when the Masters was. We did like a Masters preview, and we got on our NHL playoff, playoff predictions. For so, put this in perspective. It was just a few days before the NHL playoffs, and a few days before the Masters. That was a long time ago, and then Thursday we had the, the rehearsal dinner. So it's just been a busy, busy week. I'm still striving for three episodes a week, so try to stay tuned. At least two, right? At least two, but I'm still trying to strive for three. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.